I don't know. Is your your new microchip uh, gonna interfere with our recording? Uh, you know, I've never felt more in tune with the electronics around me. You know why we ask you to wait fifteen minutes in the pharmacy? It's so that we can boot up the all the updates. And, I, uh, you yeah, gotta it, restart me. It yeah. has to pair to our computer system. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> wow. Someone's next, gonna believe me. Please don't put that in the episode. Next, se- next season on Black Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too afraid to make jokes about conspiracies at this point because someone's gonna. Believe I think me. as long as you uh, make it clear that you think that is as ridiculous as it is, uh, even though it's a lot of people who say a lot of ridiculous things. In all seriousness. Speaking of which, let's talk about Hacksaw Ridge. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. I am Austin Rude and I'm the son. And my name is Phil Rude. I'm the dad. Every week we watch a movie, we get on mic, we talk about it. That's right, and that is what we do on the show. Uh, this week, we watched Hacksaw Ridge, a 2016 biopic based around the life of Desmond Doss, who won the Congressional Medal of Honor despite being a conscientious objector refusing to bear arms during World War II. The movie was written by Robert Schenken and Andrew Knight, and it was directed by Mill Gibson. It stars Andrew Garfield... Teresa Palmer, Luke Bracey, Vince Vaughn, Hugo Weaving, Sam Worthington, Rachel Griffiths, and a whole lot more. Uh, I kind of can't fit the whole cast into this list. There's a naked uh, guy, there's uh, a bunch of uh, cardboard cutouts, essentially. Not not the fault of the actor, but... um, Yeah, no, that's just their role in the story. yeah. I tried to include the main cast in there. Yeah, but I yeah, think you got it. That's this movie. Um, and let me start off by saying I did not know who the director of this movie was until I got to the end. And then I was like, that name sounds familiar. Let me look it up and see... Uh, see who this guy is. See who this guy is. And the first thing I saw was Passion of the Christ. And That's I was right. like, oh, okay. Because that is... Uh, the only other movie Mel Gibson has directed that I've seen. Um, sure. And seeing, well, look, just, I, just seeing those two movies kind just, of paints as, a picture. As, as, a, as a younger person, I'm sure you're not quite aware, Mel Gibson has an enormous career spanning like four decades. He's a, a wildly successful, and I think... He's a, an actor in a lot of things, a, and, too, and as, and as a director. I, I yeah. think he's he's a really capable director i think he's a really good director i think he's very capable of making a great film i don't think this was one of his better efforts uh i also think he's a super talented actor he's not in this movie but mm-hmm. i think mel gibson is a very talented guy which makes all the controversy around mel gibson um that much more of a i know there's a big art can you separate art from artists? These kind of things. I think these are real valid questions and everybody's mileage varies on it. Uh, but I can pretty easily pull a lot of Mel Gibson things out of his personal life and say, this is a great piece of work. He's amazing in 
the original Mad Max trilogy. Uh, the old Lethal Weapon movies. Braveheart is a great movie. Uh, the Man Without a Face is actually, I think, the first movie he directed. And it's actually like a really solid movie. Uh, Mel Gibson is a super talented artist. Uh, but the longer his career has gone on, the more I feel he has stumbled down the the rabbit hole to Crazy Town. And I think he's a, a very... Uh, troubling figure in a lot of ways um his his controversies his anger his anti-semitism um and and the way that it clashes with this movie in particular i find very interesting and very borderline hypocritical uh, of a lot of thing i i have a hard time separating mel gibson from uh, his work from the person when it comes to this movie. It's it's very possible to, like, I mean, think one thing and then make a movie that sure. somehow reflects something else entirely. Uh, I don't know much about Mel Gibson. I know he's controversial for some reason. Like, I, I, I've heard of, like, the general stuff, but, like, I don't want to dive into that here or... Sure let that paint my view of this movie but looking at this movie and looking at the previous work that i have you know come into contact with uh it it paints an interesting picture so i'm i'm very fascinated by that i think the morals of this movie contradict themselves <laughs> in very strange ways uh I, I really don't know how to feel about this movie, to be entirely honest. There's I, things I really like, things I really don't. I know how to feel. I know uh, how I feel about this movie. and But, I, but I, I'd rather I, just look at the movie and kind of ignore sure. who made it. No, 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 no. I'm do, I can do that, too. I can do that as well. I just, I, I think there's an extra layer of it for me. In the same way that if you look at, like, an old John Wayne movie and you look at these war movies that he made and that it affected his image and that he made a lot of money off of it. And then you read the history that says, well, John Wayne was actually a draft dodger from world war II, and, and actually did everything in his power to not have to enlist in the army and serve his country while projecting an image that he did. It, it makes it, it colors how you see, these old movies he made. Well, well, because then you're not looking at just the movie and, right. oh, this character's great. You're looking at, oh, this character was invented to deceive me. This, this was uh, pure propaganda, it, it, it taints, which I think yeah. uh, is, is also very in line with what this movie is. I think this movie is, is propaganda in a couple of different ways. And my biggest problem with it is that it didn't have to be. I think there is a really good story in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's what got executed in the final product. I think this movie is is a mess. I think this movie is full of hypocrisies. And I think this movie is full of falsehoods that certain groups of people in this country would have you believe, such as Christians are a persecuted group. Uh, ah. And I, I think that is an enormous falsehood that this movie is putting most of its weight on i i'm so glad to hear you say like propaganda because that's like it's christian propaganda more than it's war propaganda it's both i think and i'm gonna get into both it is both on 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 a certain level but i on a 
if I, I do consider myself a pacifist, but I do consider World War II a necessary war. So if you're going to have propaganda about World War II, uh, I, I'm sorry, I agree that American involvement was necessary. As a matter of fact, I think America got involved too late in World War II uh, when we should have been... From the beginning. From the beginning going yeah. to oppose uh, the things that were happening in Europe. Um, that That's my personal view. But yes, I, this is very much army propaganda... And, and that's where my issue lies is because I, I think World War II is a very just war and that's why it's often used to perpetuate modern propaganda. But when you look at – there's certain scenes in this movie, uh, especially in the first act or two, where they're – oh, well, everyone's enlisting. We need to enlist. Right. And it's they, – they talk so greatly about it. But they try so hard not to put specifics in there. Like, you could apply this scene to anything. Like, obviously, you can tell, okay, what period this is in. Sure. What war it's about. But, like, the phrases that they're using are meant to persuade modern audiences to join the military. Uh, I think this movie wants you to join the military. And I think it wants you... To not be a conscientious objector, which is why I'm, like, so stunned that, like, like this is a very pro-violence, anti-war this, movie, and it makes no sense. This is, uh, yes. It glorifies war in some scenes, it shows the horrifics of battle, but then it tries to justify them, and then it's like, let's have a prayer group. Right. We, we saved men, but then we're gonna, we're gonna go back into war and kill a bunch more men and oh he's saving people regardless of what side they're on but oh all of the japanese soldiers that he lowered ended up dying somehow right yeah like it, oh it they just, died they, that's just like brush up oh they died like that's awful right. like oh you mean they were murdered by right you murdered a prisoner of war yeah it, it frustrates uh, me because yeah. when Oh, we broke several uh, uh, rules of the Geneva Convention. Oh, they died. They just died. Yeah, it's uh, no. I easily could have been prisoners of war, but easily didn't have to mention any of that. Yes. Uh, um. Uh. I I have that in here. This movie is pro pacifist, and war is cool. Uh, and I I have to give it to Mel Gibson on this. The battle scenes are brilliantly shot. They're they're really really good. They're brutal. They're exciting. They're brutal. I don't think they're as glorifying as some other war movies I've seen. I think they do a good job of being, uh, showing the chaos of the battlefield, mm -hmm. showing the fear that there's quick cuts, there's shaky cam. You're supposed to feel disoriented. You're supposed to feel what battle is actually like. It's less glorifying and more, uh, of a, a war simulator. Um, but at the same time, he shoots it all. So you're not losing track of who's who. You're identifying people that you know. You're seeing what's happening. You're following the action. I think it's really, really well done. There's a lot of filmmakers that try to do battle scenes, and they're just a jumbled mess because they, they can't figure out the choreography of it. But at the same time, there are these things of, like, dragging Vince Vaughn and his shot-up legs on a on a, on a a piece of carpet or a piece of and, and he's shooting behind him and just like 
mowing down like Japanese a Marvel soldiers. movie. Yes, it 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 reads very much like a modern day action movie. And the thing that it kept calling to mind was uh, the movie American Sniper from a few years ago with Bradley Cooper, which is a very similar thing um, where it is trying to deal with the trauma of war, this PTSD. They're trying to portray this as this tragic thing as Bradley Cooper holds an obviously fake baby that he almost trampled. Uh, And then all the battlefield flashbacks are like, isn't this fucking badass? It's so cool. It's... It's laid out like a modern action movie, and it's like, you can't do both of these things. Right, it's contradictory, and I, I agree with you that I think the battles, like, obviously, if, spoiler alert, guys, I've never been in war, uh, but <laughs> this is what I would imagine it to be like, is is the chaos. I feel like that's captured really well, and you feel like, literally, people are dying left and right, characters that we've seen throughout the whole movie, like... You know, it's like every other shot in the yes. beginning is like people just dying. But uh, I, I feel like that's done really well. But then I'm like, what is the message here? And that's where I lose. I don't think the message is in is getting lost in the battlefield scenes. It's afterwards. It's how they try to justify. It, it, it's it's less for me even in how they're justifying it because it is like i say i i think world war ii is a is a justifiable action i think it is in the way honestly <laughs> this this is gonna sound uh maybe sjw of me but like honestly i think this is a racist movie i think this movie has so much pro-japanese racism in it there's like they're using racial slurs of the day for the Japanese. And I don't have a problem with that because it is the language that American soldiers probably would have been using. The problem is, I feel like the movie leans in on it. The Japanese are not humanized at all. They are shown as kind of creatures coming out of the fog or the smoke. They're shown as they're almost portrayed as monsters or like a zo- the way a zombie horde would be portrayed. There, there, there were several scenes they, where I felt like that. It they felt are so weird. dehumanized in the way that American propaganda, like cartoons. Have you ever seen? There's like a controversy because somebody unearthed some uh, cartoons that Dr. Seuss made during World War II, and they're they're very of the day racist against the Japanese because we were rallying to fight the Japanese. So it was very dehumanizing. And in the way that they used to draw Japanese people with the, the severely like squinty eyes and fangs and pointed ears, just really like dehumanizing them. And I feel like the movie didn't do go that far to physically alter them, but the tone that the Japanese soldiers were, I didn't expect all of them to be fleshed out characters but I just feel like this movie equally dehumanized Japanese people. I I agree. I think, and then there's the the weird scene where uh, they they commit the, ritual the suicide. The at the end is supposed to take care of all that. But it, but it, it still feels like it, yes, it feels mystical like empty. and like it, yeah. yes, savage. It, it's the Japanese are savage. It's painting them it's, as aliens. All of it different. is is these are this is some savage horde and 
and they're they're just terrible mods. You know, all of this mm-hmm. propaganda that was going around at the time. But then it's like, but it doesn't need to be in the movie. It doesn't now. need to be shown, right? It doesn't need to be shown that oh yeah, that propaganda was true. Like it's almost like a a really strange choice that was made in making this movie. It is, and the only time I think we ever see like a real human moment um, is when he's. Uh, Doss is in the tunnels. Oh yeah, and he actually does end up saving a a Japanese. And soldier. I actually do like that. that I like part. that scene too. But of course, the only reason it's in there is because it adds to Doss's story and humanizes him. It's less about the Japanese people. It's and more just like I. I think he's that, so good of a guy. He's gonna help the enemy. And I think that is a pro. Uh, the thing that I, I do like the character of Doss in this movie. I, I don't want to get away from that. I yeah. like that he actually does believe in things and he actually sticks to his principles. I do like that, that aspect of him. And he does save every life that he can, including Japanese lives, uh, you know, at the risk of his own. I think that's great. I love the scene where he's running around saying, help me get one more. That may be pandering. That may be something... Uh, judging by a lot of the letterbox reviews that people found silly and corny. I legitimately liked that scene. I thought it was a really great scene and it really did show that this guy was a legitimate hero who valued life. And, and I think that's a great thing to portray in here, but to portray that at the same time that you're glorifying uh, hundreds upon hundreds of deaths on the battlefield, I understand that's what it was actually like, and I understand it is hard to balance this. My point is, this movie didn't do it. I think I think this it, movie it doesn't do it well. No, um, there's a uh, at to jump to the very end, like when the credits start, they show like clips of interviews with the actual people. Yeah, like documentary. And I'm style. like, this is the movie. This is the most interesting part of the movie for me, and mm-hmm. I would have rather seen a documentary about this guy. Than, than a biopic. This is my problem with biopics. Which would be learning more about him and history rather than sure seeing it through Mel Gibson's eyes where it's it's become a tool for the message he really wants you yes. to learn. And it's it's just warped everything that I thought this story was going to be. It, it really does. And it, it's when you take it out of the realm. And not that documentary filmmakers can't do that as well. They Michael do as Moore well. does that. All the time, regardless of whether or not I agree with the bigger point he's trying to make, Michael Moore makes the most slanted documentaries, you know. Um, but I think in an actual story about this guy and his actual beliefs and his background and what he did in this battle would have been a, a really great way to tell this story, as opposed to something that I feel is just it's the number of not to jump ahead to our letterbox reviews, but when I was reading them, the number of four and five star reviews I saw for this movie baffled me because it's so pandering. But and if so... you listen to what they're saying sure. in those reviews, it's the audience. This is pandering. This, to. this is and... aimed at a very specific crowd. And I remember when it came out, those were the people who were like, you have to go see this movie. You have to see like it. Your it's duty so in imp- country. And that was why I've never seen the passion of the crisis. Because when that movie came out, people were telling me, this is your duty to go see this. They were, it was treated like a religious experience. And can I say, I, I don't want to like dwell on passion of the Christ 
I will say this though. I I don't think it's a terrible movie. I there is a subplot in there about like a Roman soldier who, you know, is leading Jesus to the crucifixion mm-hmm. and he slowly throughout the movie becomes a believer and ends up helping Christ at the end after he's resurrected. It's a whole thing. It's cheesy, but from what I remember of it, it felt similar to how I feel about Doss in this movie of like, this feels like a real human story that I'm connecting with, even though I feel like there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on in here that's like propaganda, but I can connect to this person who is just being a basic good human being. And that's, that's kind of how I feel about uh, Doss here is I, I think uh, like he seems like a role model and like, I like what he's doing here. Like, his morals in this movie are sure. really good, yeah. but then it's portrayed in just such a weird way. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, I don't want to drag Passion of the Christ because, like I said, I've never seen it. I'm not making a judgment on the movie. I've ma- I'm saying I have the most juvenile reason of all for not seeing it, and it's because people told me I had to. And I was just well, like, well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to. And, I, I you know. That's uh, fair. So, uh, yeah, I have no, like, uh, it may be a good movie. But, yes, this this movie is like... It, it can't quite make up its mind what Doss's motivations are. They're like, hey, at the beginning, it's it's because he almost killed his brother one time and was traumatized by that. And then it was like, oh, because he almost killed his dad defending his mom. And then it was like, oh, it's because I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. And it's like, well, you've given three different reasons for being a pacifist through here. And all three can be true. But it's like, as a viewer of this movie, you're just an unreliable narrator now. Uh, right there there's a there's a real sloppy script to this and and then i think the direction is is so pointed in too many directions and none of them are directions that i want to go in just all in your face though yes <laughs> all of those directions are in your face <laughs> all of them hitting you uh uh straight in the face just like his dad is shown <laughs> by the way uh uh why am i blanking on his name um hugo weaving I yes. love Hugo Weaving, and uh, and he's good in this. movie. I think he's very good in this movie, but he also is. He represents. Um, I remember in another equally uh, bad World War II movie, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. There is mm. a character at the beginning of that who is a World War One veteran who uh, yells at his kids for playing soldier, telling them, "You don't want to see the things I've seen," and he's supposed to be this warning about trauma of war and then the rest of the movie goes on to glorify you know (laughs) glorify everything about war and that's what hugo weaving is here is this warning about what war is like because he uh is suffering ptsd from world war and then the movie goes on to kind of make a point that like well as long as you don't kill anybody you won't suffer that trauma Doss is a hero who was not violent i i got really angry in the beginning of this movie because I I feel like the way they portrayed him was so just disgusting. Yeah. Like, th- they essentially paint him out to be the bad guy for being anti-war while, like, having very justified PTSD. Obviously, the abuse sure. isn't justified, <clears throat> but it's, like, such a cartoonish portrayal that, like, I kind of can't even take it seriously because it's so far from reality. Uh, oh, so many things are cartoonish in this movie. 
but I, I don't know the the reaction he had to his son signing up uh enlisting the first son not uh right his brother yeah um i there was just something about it where they're almost treating him like oh he's so silly being like anti-war right look at this anti-war guy uh you know uh, who i think that scene i think that speech he tells is horrifying and also like i I liked it. I think Hugo Weaving delivers it well. I think it's actually a really kind of well-written uh, piece, both in what he's saying, the story he's telling, and the fact that it's horrible dinnertime conversation and everybody's uncomfortable, which is what is totally appropriate for the scene it's in. I, th- I think it's really, really good. And I think the part he plays where he comes to kind of save his son from persecution yes i think that's actually i think he carries that very well I, he I like shows up in well. his uniform and he's like hey do i not get a say anymore right uh i, th- I think that's a very valid point um it, it just strikes me as like this is a tragic story of someone who went to fight in a war and he didn't really know what he was doing there he didn't know why he was fighting for his country right. he didn't believe in the war and then uh, he sees all these people die, and I, I don't know the entire history of World War One, but I, I, I know almost, almost no it's, one does. In it's this country debated yeah, whether or not sure. America should have been involved or not, or like there's there's some something there. I I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend to know, but like I feel like coming from that and then seeing your sons enlist in a war, even if it's a justified war there's that's a tragedy right there and the right. movie isn't doing a proper job of like portraying the tragedy i feel like it's all on the pro-war side and it it, it just doesn't there's a feel pro-war right. side and there's a there's a pro-america side to the to the um extreme of like oh we're Everybody else is heathens. We're gods. It's the God bless America trope. You know, right. like, it's okay if this happened. But, yeah, the, the uh, everything about the, the subtext of this movie is just blown completely out. All the potential of Hugo Weaving's character. All the potential of, uh, of Doss and what Doss stands for. And, actually, uh, of Andrew Garfield's performance. Because I think Andrew Garfield oh. is... Really, really good. I don't want to. I don't we, want that to get lost in the mix here. Right. We we keep like focusing on like I'm focusing the, so much on the things I don't like that I I am forgetting there are bright spots too. Because uh, it's it's like I've, I I think good we both pieces. see the potential yes. here, but then it's like you went all in the wrong direction. I think Andrew Garfield's really good. I think Hugo Weaving's really good. I think Vince Vaughn is really good. I I think the romance here is charming. Uh, I'll, I'll say that it's, it's charming. cheesy. Uh, it's, it's over the top, it's, but it's it's shallow. It's it there's is. not everybody who's not Doss is a one-dimensional character. There's no depth to anybody in this movie that is not Andrew Garfield's character. Right. Um which makes it I kind of feel, I, I wonder if what Mel Gibson was going for was like a throwback to these old war movies where it is these guys in the foxhole going, 
what are you going to do when you get home? Oh, I'm going to marry my best girl. You know, like these real, yeah. like, sh- shallow, like the the Audi Murphy, um, what's that movie called? Audi Murphy was an actual war hero, and then he became an actor, and then he played himself in, like, the the movie about his, his right. war exploits or whatever. Which, which is, like, that subplot in uh, the... Um, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, uh yeah, where, where they have the the, the actor, the who, actor who becomes who was a, the soldier. A, a soldier. Yes. Um. Uh. Yeah. A little bit. It's like the reverse of it. Um. But yeah, th- there's these. You know, those are all basically action movies and very pro-America propaganda movies of the day, and I feel like that's a little bit of what Mel Gibson is trying to do is make sort of a throwback in that way. You, but you think the, he's paying homage to those I, films? I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit of like the, oh, this is just like Audie Murphy making a movie about Audie Murphy. Well, I'm going to make this movie about this guy and I'm going to have it play like a movie of the time. But to do that today, when the expectations are, oh, you're going to kill off uh, characters we've spent the movie with, well, you have to make me care about the character. Just him being there isn't enough. Which, by the way, all of uh, all of Doss's uh, friends from basic training all miraculously survived. Uh, it, it was just <laughs> all lucky other, of them. Yes, but it was just sort of like I don't know anything about any of these people. It's like, oh, here's the good-looking guy. Here's the guy from New York. Here's the guy from you know wherever. They they just have to create these characters it's very so that you have surface like level, yeah, something to hold on to later in the battle scene. But I didn't hold on to it because I didn't know anything about any of these characters, so I didn't really care about any of them. Right, you it's, know what I mean. It's very surface level, I think. Yeah. Um, I I do want to talk a little bit more about Andrew Garfield, just because like. Yes. What one of the reasons I wanted to watch this movie, why I picked this movie for the show, was because I was fed like the YouTube algorithm. Algorithm was like, "You're gonna like this movie," uh, and kept showing me clips of, uh, like him in the boot, the boot camp training. Oh yeah. Um, like refusing to hold a gun, and I was like, "This looks interesting." Like kind of like standing up against the status quo to be like, I want to help, but just not in the violent way that you expect me to. I'm going to help in a different way and I'm going to stay true to my moral ground. That just that in itself, I was like, that's going to be the message of this movie. I like that message. I want to see that movie. And then I got into it. And as the movie progressed, I was like, Oh, this is, this is I'm being persecuted for my beliefs, yes. not in a I'm against the status quo, but in a I believe in God and they're punishing me for it in a way that like I've heard a lot of people who went to like Christian schools say that they were told that there was going to be like one day there's going to be a school shooter and they're going to like they're going to ask you whether or not you believe in God and you if you say yes, they're going to kill you, but you should say yes anyway. And like that kind of persecution complex was drilled into people. And that's just what I kept thinking of in this movie. Like when he's in jail, like I just kept thinking of that because 
that's how this movie wants to portray it. You see it in in America today uh, in the evangelical movement is the, you know, the idea that, that abortion would be legal. Uh, They look at it as, oh, I'm being persecuted for being against abortion and, and America's making it legal. They're, they're shoving God out of, you know, everything is, and it's like, no, no, no. Like religion is a personal choice. Like it shouldn't be, you're not being persecuted. Nobody is putting you in jail for being, but they're, but we're also not all going to live by your stand. I remember there was like a radio commercial. I, uh, in, I think during the Bush administration, it might've been right after the Bush administration mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, when Obama came into office or it could have been the lead up to that election right around that time. But it was this, um, it was this commercial about, Oh, why are you in day in jail, dad? Well, because I prayed when I was told not to. And it was uh, about this, you know, this is what America could look like. This this real, like, we're persecuted. It's like, no, no, no. Everything in this country is geared to... It's the, the fake war on Christmas. We hear about it every... Oh, uh, uh, the Starbucks cup says, happy holidays. We're so persecuted. It's <clears throat> it's the majority pretending to be a pretending minority. Pretending to be uh, 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 oppressed. Yes, and that's what this movie is doing. This movie is, is making the case that because uh, he's a Christian, uh, he's being singled out and persecuted. And the reality is, no, it's because you're a pacifist in a war department organization um, whose business is violence. I, 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 that's not the greatest way to put, uh, the military in, in, in the most optimistic way. The military serves a greater purpose than that in national defense. But what it comes down to is you are trained to fight and kill in service of your country or a greater good. Like, uh, had this uh, <laughs> taken place 20 years later, he could have joined the Peace Corps and, and, and right. served in a, in a legitimate peaceful way. Um, but the the reality is, as as heroic as this story is, this kid really didn't have any business being in the army, um, because that's not that's not what the army does. <laughs> so I don't think he was honestly persecuted for being a Christian, even though this movie would have you believe that. I, I think he was persecuted for uh, refusing to do the job that he was tasked with. Sure, you know what I mean. And, and and I do think there's something to say about, hey, the military should have, you know, a place for people like this to go, which is what we have now with the Peace Corps. Uh, uh, well, that's not a military uh, organization. That's more of a It is a, it is a, a uh, humanitarian organization that serves... I thought it uh, worked in partnership It, it, it with... works often in partnership uh, or in similar places... Uh, but it is about bringing food and, and relief to uh, often like, I, it's pro- I don't think it's called this anymore, but third world countries, they used to call them. Uh, but it's the same thing. Uh, uh, Scott Glenn, actor uh, Scott Glenn, when I, he was on Mark Maron, talked about he served in Vietnam and he one of his good friends at the same time served in the Peace Corps. And he talked about serving something bigger than yourself and how important that is to to life. And, and I think that's what this movie is trying to say is it is important to serve something bigger than yourself, 
uh, in whatever way you are able to serve or whatever way you see fit to serve. And I, I do like that he is a medic. He's a healer. He is a he is a person who wants to heal people. Right. And there is a place for him in the army. But really, all he had to do was pick up that rifle and shoot a target with it. And he could have strolled right through it. And he would have never had to uh, shoot anybody he didn't want to if he got on the battle. You know what I mean? Like It's true. It's it, a, it is true. It's a, it's a, it's a real um, odd way to portray all of this and still come out on the side of I was persecuted for my Christian beliefs. I... <laughs> yeah, I am... I'm sorry. I don't even know what to say beyond that. Like, it really is. It's just missing the message I thought it was. I I think it is too. And and I I said earlier, there's a really interesting movie in here that I just feel like they never got to. There there really it, is. I think there. there really is a, a a really interesting story because I think this this kid really did something uh, super unique to be a conscientious objector. And serve, and I mean they they put the focus on the medal he won, but regardless of medal, uh, he just he did something very very heroic. You know he risked his life when everybody with guns ran away, and saved a lot of lives. Uh, I just I think there's a that's a great story. I I, I think the real story is more inspiring <laughs> yes. than like this movie. There's there and and more interesting. Um, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of blew through all that I had to say, I think. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the, not just the religious persecution themes of, of this, but I, I, this movie wants to make Dawes Jesus and they do it in what I can only imagine Mel Gibson believes are subtle ways, but real, like. Uh, there, there's a, a guy with like blood in his eye and he thinks he's blind and he, he washes his eyes out. And that's just straight out of, that's a story out of the Bible where Jesus heals a blind man. And, um, right. and there, you know, he has a rope burns on his hands and he's got him out to his side. So he looks like, you know, Jesus with the, the nail and, there's not, a moment where he showers, uh, and it looks like the, ba- the baptism he's gold yes. or something. Yeah, <laughs> the, the baptism washing all the blood off him. Um, he's he's hiding under a body, and the Japanese soldier stabs a bayonet through it, and it is like like the Roman soldier Stabbed putting the spear side. into the side. It's just all of these super heavy handed metaphors, and then at the end they're lowering down on the on the gurney, and is he's just hanging in the air like the very last shot of the movie. And it's like, by this point, we got it, Mel Gibson. We got it. We, you don't need to hit us over the head with this. It is, it is an out, outrageously heavy handed movie. It makes Zack Snyder's Superman is Jesus metaphors look really clever by comparison. And I just, I, I can't get over, um, that this is that Mel Gibson made something like, this clunky and uh, uh, pointed and heavy hand. I mean, I'm saying that I never saw Passion of the Christ. I'm sure that's not a a real crash course in subtlety. But, um, I mean, Mel Gibson's made some great movies, and this just feels so... I I honestly uh, find uh, it hard to believe 
like hearing you say that like no, I, yeah just seeing this like i i have nothing else to go off of. brave braveheart is a really honestly great epic movie about about the the scottish fight for independence um from from british rule and yes it's not historically accurate but it is a good movie it's thematically a sound movie and it's executed very very well uh, it, and, and it all fits together. It all like fits this. together. There's great performances in it. Mm. It's it's this really really a great movie about something. Um, and and this movie just feels like a, a kind of untested filmmaker trying to tell a story beyond what they're capable of. The the a lot of the composite shots the green screen stuff looks really bad there's just i don't know if there wasn't a budget for this movie or or what but this just does not feel like somebody who's been making movies for 30 years um pulling pulling something good together it feels like someone who's making been making movies for 30 years who who Drop the ball in a really major way, and I don't, I don't. It's really just kind of surprising to me. I I imagine that he just like found out about this real life story and just like it could be rushed I, this movie out in like a year, like and had so many directions he wanted to take it that he was like, let me do them all. I and, do want to say this might have been his first. Uh, directing work in a while because he was uh was sort of one of the first people to be canceled um and so uh he kind of went away for a little while and this might have been his first thing comeback his first thing back yeah apocalypto was in uh 2006 which is what he did after uh passion of the christ uh, and then, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge, 10 years later. So he was, um, uh, he has, he has, uh, released a, a deleted scenes of Passion of the Christ video somewhere in between there. But, you know, that's just stuff he, archive footage. Right. More. Uh, yeah, this same. was his first direction, uh, directing in, in a decade. So maybe a little rusty. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's you're just trying to find an explanation at this point it it really no it just really is surprising it would be like if martin scorsese came out and made something that looked like a lifetime movie i'd be like what is going on here like i don't expect to love everything you do and i didn't love to use that example i don't love the irishman i don't love everything scorsese does but everything he puts out is of some quality it's saying something you can see he's making choices that make some kind of sense and this just feels like a really pandering really kind of amateurish movie outside of you know some of the performances uh there's just there's just a lot about this that just doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) (laughs) i agree but not knowing mel gibson i just saw his name roll at the end of the movie and i was like okay this is who this man is is (laughs) this is his level of work and i i don't think i'm ever gonna see him as anything other than that uh, to be honest yeah i don't know i don't know if i should recommend that you go and and watch some of his older stuff or not because i i really do think it's it's good and it's worth seeing i might watch braveheart because um, i've heard 
people say good stuff. I, about I think Braveheart that, is but... good, and people will come at you and go like, "Well, well, you know, it wasn't really accurate." Robert LeBruce is actually, and it's like uh, that's not the point of the movie. The point of the movie isn't to be like a documentary. The point of the movie is to say something about independence and revenge right. and tell a story. Uh, yes, uh, but um, yeah, that's. Um, I mean, when you when you. I don't know how much we want to dwell on this, but just knowing Mel Gibson and and some of the worldviews that he holds come out, he does, I think, have a, a Christian persecution complex. So I don't know if that's what motivated this. <laughs> it definitely came out I, I, it, unintentionally. It really kind maybe. of seems like that is what he's saying, but there's just, um, there's a really... Uh, yeah, this is a really muddy, weird movie. I cannot recommend it to people. I just don't think it's good. I I won't be recommending um, it. I, I I think there's some. Please don't watch this one along with us. Just like, <laughs> just listen to the episode, and that's it. Like, I will say thank you for recommending this because I do think there's a lot to talk about here. I think I it, think it was fascinating there, to watch. There really I... is like a there's an artifact aspect to this movie that I think is like. What a fascinating movie to get, uh, not only made, but to get like a theatrical release. This doesn't feel like a movie that went to theaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think the movie I can compare it to best, and you're going to laugh at this, but it's, uh, Father Stew. I, I don't know if you saw that. I have not seen it. I've honestly not heard bad things about it. Is a movie not good? I, it's on level with this, is what I'll say. It's, it's maybe done a little better than this, but, like, the messaging is as in your face and, like, not subtle as this is. That's about, like, uh, Mark Wahlberg, right? Yeah. yeah, And he, like, is a a thug who turns his life around and becomes a, yeah. yeah. Uh, and honestly, like, again, like, the main character of that story is really interesting and, like, it seems like, oh, I should be able to connect to this and feel their emotions, but then it's it's just hijacked by the director's viewpoint, I think. Well, let's talk about uh, the, in, and I'm going to do this without having seen Father Stew. I have been a little bit curious about that movie. Okay. Uh, because in the same way that I think Mel Gibson, his worldview or his personal history can't escape this movie... Mark Wahlberg was kind of a, a punk thug kid mm-hmm. who turned his life around and is actually, uh, by all uh, accounts, uh, very Catholic, uh, a very uh, good, I mean, as good as any like Hollywood elite can be, but like very much a family man and, and this kind of right, thing. He sort of like caring. turned yeah. his life around and he acknowledges like he blinded a guy when he was like a teenager like assaulting him and he does not deny that uh uh, you know he talks about yes i did i did this i did horrible shit uh when i was a a kid and and you know sort of like he's spoken at like religious conferences and things like that he's kind of learned talking about like i've you know i i took a better path and so it, it does make sense to me that mark Wahlberg would make a movie like that um, mm-hmm. whether that movie is great or not, that he agrees with what that movie is saying or the character in that movie is based on a real guy, right? I believe so, yeah. That that he would find something in that that it makes it sort of a passion project 
of his where he's like, yes, this is a story I want to be a part of telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all the crap or big budget stuff Mark Wahlberg does, he does do kind of interesting personal movies like that. I don't know if you ever saw Instant Family. I, I did, yeah. The movie's really good. It that, is a really good movie. That is, movie is really a, a sweet uh, a movie about family. Uh, and, and I like that he does that. And on that same token, I think Mel Gibson had personal reasons for wanting to make this movie and hammer home all of the pandering bullshit that he did. I think Mel Gibson's worldview kind of allows for that. And he's like, yes, this will be the vehicle for my messaging perfectly. Uh, I'm absolutely speculating here. Um, but it just like, that's the thing that makes the most sense to me. I, I think so. I, I think that's at least in track with what we've seen here today. Anybody who wants to, uh, who isn't quite, if you're Austin's age and you don't quite know what I'm talking about, or if you're my age and you've blocked it out of your memory because maybe you're like me and you think Mel Gibson sent some great work and it kind of ruined it for you. Just do a Google search on Mel Gibson and find out, uh, what he said about Jewish people when he was pulled over for a DUI like 20 years ago, uh, find out about his father and his crazy extremist Catholic beliefs and whether or not his father believes the Holocaust really happened. It's all out there. And, and you start to realize, wait, so what are they fighting for in this movie? (laughs) Oh, they're, they're fighting in the Pacific. The Holocaust supposedly happened on the other side of the world. Totally unrelated. (laughs) I forgot. That is a great point to be pro World War II and only one generation removed from a Holocaust denier is wow. Anyway, yeah, that is wild <laughs> and anti-Semitic to boot. Um, I do agree. Um, I remember Mel Gibson uh, gave an interview one time, and it was a long time after that happened, and that was what he got attacked in in interviews. And he said, "I'm trying to move past that. Why are you keep bringing it up?" I'm trying to talk about a new project. And I do agree. People can change. And people, I, I don't and like also, to hold canceled people accountable for how they are forever. I, I do want to say, but you, someone's father being like sure. a, a Holocaust denier does not make them a Holocaust denier. No, but he I is, know that is, as well. is fairly extreme in his religious views as well. But also, people can change. But you have to show me that you're changing. And putting a movie like this out where you're claiming you're a persecuted Christian is not showing me that. It's, it's digging deeper. It's digging deeper. It's doubling down almost. Yeah. Um, and and that, is my, that is my issue separating art from artist in, in this case. This isn't like separating John Mulaney and his divorce from his comedy career. We, you know, that's not, that's a different. But his poor wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> Enough, guys, please. It'd be one thing if he kept making jokes about that woman. But but in this case, you know, like, uh, this is the kind of thing that I found it hard to separate that because I'm like, oh, we're 20 years removed from what the things that you said, and you're still claiming that Christians are persecuted. Um, And and it just is... uh, It's just wacky to me. It, it, It felt like... Oh, you're just you're just tying yourself to this further, and and I could not get that out of my head while I was watching this. It's not the sole reason I didn't like this movie, but it it sure didn't help. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that adds a layer to the uh, murkiness of this. To the um, 
to the to the bad messaging of this. I'm just gonna yeah. uh, uh, leave leave that uh, there. Um, yeah. Uh, plus, I'm gonna just also say this movie's too long. Uh, at two hours. There's a lot of the early stuff we didn't need to see his entire childhood. We didn't need to see uh, a lot yeah. of stuff that we did. Uh, to get a sense of who he was before he joined the army. I feel like there was a lot of that. Just in that scene where he saved that guy who uh, the truck fell on. Yeah, I, I, I felt I think like that's that like, oh, enough. We could have started the movie here. Like, this, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> yeah. Especially since the uh, him hitting his brother in the beginning with the stone <laughs> ended up having nothing to do with him not touching guns. Because I... later they reveal that... It's because he was violent right. towards his father. Yes. Like, um, I really thought his brother was going to die at the beginning. I'm I like, did too. Oh. And that would have been I was interesting. Horrified. <laughs> I'm like, this would have made all the sense in the world right here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but no, no. Um, I almost thought this was good. I, oh, I no. thought there at the beginning, I was uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's start at the very beginning when they're showing the battle scenes and explosions are going off and people are like cartwheeling through the air. I'm like, oh. oh my god, is this the Matrix? What is I, this? I felt my heart drop. I was like, <laughs> what did I do? I'm like in for two hours of this. Um, Dad's gonna be so mad at me. Oh, uh, I was at the beginning, and then I kind of settled in, and then um, I, that happened, and I really did. I thought it was gonna be, oh, this is gonna be an interesting movie, and uh, yeah, anyway. Well, we're about to uh, cleanse our palates uh, with yes. the upcoming October movies. Uh, but before we get to that, first off, is there anything else that you'd like to say about I, this? I, I feel like I've taken over this conversation about, about I, your no, movie. You've, you've mirrored a lot of the things um, that I've been saying. Uh, uh, but I just, I've, I watched this a few days ago and I have just uh, been pent up with thoughts about it. Um, I because, was thinking about this at work. Look, like, I was, uh, I could say a lot of things about this movie. This is like a, um, this movie made me think about a lot of things and I, I can't knock it for that. Y'all, it's I always like, say, like reading an essay you disagree with. It's like, no, no, no. And, but, but it makes you think, but let's talk about, let's talk about this real quick before we close it out. Yeah. There are movies that are so mediocre because they aren't saying anything this movie i would rather watch this than um i'm trying to think of like the worst movie i've seen this year and i would have to say it's uh it's that um uh adam driver movie where he goes to the dinosaur planet uh 65 okay yeah i I would i would say that is that's a horrible movie the action is so lame it is saying nothing. It is, it's terrible because it just reeks of mediocrity. Uh, a movie like this, I don't agree with what it's trying to say, but at least it's saying something. At least it's taking a stance on something. You can be, you can be a straight up hateful movie. I'm not going to like you as a filmmaker I'm not gonna like you as a person, probably, but uh, as making for making a piece of art, you're at least taking a stance on something, and I think that's what you're supposed to do when you make art. The, this movie, ironically, engaged me like a yes, lot. I was focused exactly. on it. You can focus on 
what you don't agree with on it. I can at least debate this movie, you know, and, and yeah. tell you what I don't like about it. And because I know what it was trying to say, this movie took a, this movie took a stance on something. Also, uh, uh, drop that stance and just make a documentary about this kid. Uh, honest I'm, to God, I'm sure I, there's I, some out there. If, if, if they, uh, dropped a documentary with interviews from people with their, from their unit and, and, uh, and the actual Dawes, I would 100% watch this because I think he seems like he had an interesting story and was an interesting guy and really like this movie believed in something. I have some good news for you, dad. Really? And for our viewers. Uh, there is a 2004 war documentary, uh, free to watch on Tubi, by the way. Oh, cool! Called "The Conscientious Objector," and it is about uh, Desmond Doss. Uh, I obviously haven't seen it because I just googled that, but I, I was like, "There's got to be a documentary about oh, this yes, guy." Oh yes, look at that! Uh, there's probably multiple, but yeah, that was the first one that popped up. It seems to have it's ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the, according to Wikipedia, this film has received some positive acclaim. Uh, okay, <laughs> you've good, heard it here. First, good enough folks. for me. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. You're always so helpful. <laughs> the guy who made the movie wrote that yes. in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I would great. rather. Uh, I would read much rather watch that. this yes. guy than. Um, and watch this movie again. So, yeah, uh, if you are interested, check out Tubi and watch The Conscientious Objector. Also, yeah. if you are a conscientious objector to war, I applaud your choice. Thank you for your not Thank service. Thank you for not <laughs> serving. I say that as a veteran of the United States military. Nice. Yeah. And I, a current pacifist. I say that also as a pacifist. I... Is there paperwork to be a conscientious objector? Do I have to? I'm technically if, included if you, in the if draft. If you were, uh, if you were to be drafted, you could declare yourself a conscientious objector. Yeah, should, and, and there would be paperwork. I yes. should declare myself first. You so think that you I can? Don't uh, have uh, to get yeah. drafted. Uh, I'm not, not how sure it how works. That, I don't know how that works. Step one: move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it works. Um, anyway, Austin, thank you for bringing this movie to the show. Honest to God, I, I. I'm glad that we uh, could have a conversation about it, that th this was an interesting movie to talk about, I, even I, if we didn't enjoy it. Thank you. I'm, I'm both disappointed in what it ended up being, but like glad that it was an interesting conversation. Sure. Me too. Uh, I enjoyed it. Cool. Well, uh, now that that's done, let's shout some stuff out. Shouting things out. Uh, what do you got this week? I have a YouTube channel that I just discovered. Uh, this is an artist named Elsa. Uh, I'm sorry, it's French. I'm probably going to drop the ball. She always just opens her videos saying, Hi, I'm Elsa. And she doesn't drop her last name, but I'm at C-H-A-R-R-E-T-I-E-R. Charretier, I'm going to say, and that's probably wrong. JF and Amy are both laughing at me it's right now. It's pronounced chandelier, Dad. Uh, oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, anyway, she is very cool. Uh, according to her uh, videos, she just kind of spontaneously became, uh, taught herself to become a comic book artist in her mid-20s. 
um, through a series of uh, odd career moves and is actually a fairly successful in American and indie comics. And she cool. has a a bunch of videos, uh, some of them talking about books she's reading, some of them uh, uh, talking about drawing techniques and layout techniques. She goes through a scene of a movie and will break it down into comic panels and sort of like build up a page and talk about these are important moments. This is important composition. This is how to do this, that, and the other. Just a lot if you are interested in comic art and making comics and visual storytelling. I think she is making some great videos all about those kind of things. And Are I, these like tutorials? Like is she teaching herself or... No, she's teaching us she's sort of it's sort of like a mini lecture on this is what Mm -hmm. makes good composition like she breaks down a scene from blade runner and talks about it's the the scene where he shoots the the replicant and she falls through the glass you know i'm talking about yeah and talking about how to show that sequence in comics with static images how do you show slow motion what are the important points to highlight a little bit more and what, you know, and just these kind of things, these sort of techniques for showing things that we see in, in movies and how would we, how would we show something similar on a comic page where things aren't moving, you don't have sound and just sort of like, uh, using movies helps explain how to do it on a page. You know what I mean? I, I, I've Um, tried doing that. Like, because I, when I write, I picture things as like movies in my head and then trying to draw that out. Same here. It's impossible. Uh, so, well, you need to watch some of these videos and you'll see it's not impossible. I guess I do. Yeah. Uh, She's really, really good. I've only discovered her like yesterday Hmm. and, uh, just watched a bunch of her videos yesterday and today. And, uh, I, I really like, how she teaches and she's also uh a great a great cartoonist a a great artist so uh check her out i'll have a link to her channel and um just go check it out she has creator interviews on there elsa Um, the comic artist she yeah Uh, she's really 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 good really interesting and and really is talking about some some uh High concepts in really relatable, understandable ways. So, uh, can't recommend that enough. That's cool. Uh, Oz, what do you got this week? Uh, I'm just shouting out uh, nothing as serious as that. Uh, I I have a... Not that that was... Oh, that's not super serious. It's uh, talking about comic books, man. I've got a meme video, okay? I've got... Uh, this is 11 minutes of Bill Hader talking about <laughs> true crime. Uh, because I stumbled upon this, and I just thought it was hilarious after seeing Barry. And he is truly obsessed with, like, true crime. Oh, yeah. Like, he talks about it in almost all of these interviews. Yeah. He does impressions he of, does, like... Uh, Keith Morrison. Yep. Yeah. Oh, hey. What was that all about? And <laughs> I had no idea about that until I saw this video. Yeah. And so I just think that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> go check it out and do yourself a favor. I just watched Bill Hader in a movie uh, with Kristen Wiig called The Skeleton Twins. Have you seen that? No. It's from like 10 years ago. I haven't even heard of it. <clears throat> I think they might have both still hey, been man. on SNL on the, at the time. Who else? Who Kristen was... Wiig. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. Yeah, check that out. 
It's skeleton a, twins. The skeleton twins. Yeah, they're is it a comedy. Uh, it's a dramedy, a little more dramatic than comedic, but they're both also very funny in it okay. uh, at times. It's basically a dysfunctional family comedy uh, or dramedy. Hmm. Whatever. It's on HBO. Check it out. I All mean, right. sorry. Max. Shout it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> also shout it out. <clears throat> on that note, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. If you enjoy our show, Please, leave a review on your podcatcher of choice. It helps our visibility. It helps us grow the show. That's right. And if you want another way to help us grow the show, please shout us out to a friend. Uh, Here's the funny thing. You don't even have to listen to our show to spread the message of our show. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. I'm going for like a... A conscientious objector to the picture oh, show. Oh, okay. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you don't even have you to don't pick have to up earbuds to, uh, to listen to our show. That's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Please, uh, please, God, help me get one more listener. One more listener. <laughs> one more just li- one more. Just one more listener. <laughs> he lowered 75 <laughs> listeners He got 75 down. listeners that <laughs> night, including some Japanese people. <laughs> it's our little demographic thing. Spicing. Wow. It should. Uh, anyway, what are we on to next? Uh, we've got a whole month of yes. spooky stuff to watch. We do. We have our October Halloween movies. We are kicking them off next week. And I'm really excited about what we got going on uh, this year. I am too. We are, uh, I mean, what are we calling it? Kingtober? We're doing Stephen King. Sure, stuff. yeah. Um, or Stephen King adjacent stuff. We have five weeks, uh, five movies, five movies, and, um, uh, we're kind of pairing some stuff up plus one in the middle for good measure. Rounded out, sandwich between. So next week, uh, I am bringing one of my all time favorites. I'm a little nervous about it because, uh, it's been covered to death on every other podcast, but I don't care. Uh, it's one of the greats. It is, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Um, and then we're going to follow that up with the sequel, Dr. Sleep. I have not decided yet if we are going to watch the theatrical or director's cut. Oh. I've heard great things about the director's cut, uh, but I haven't seen it yet. I've only seen the theatrical version. Okay. Uh, so I'm still, I'll make that call. Um. Maybe one each of us will watch a cut and then we'll compare notes. Ooh, uh, I don't know how con- I feel about that. That'll be a little con- confusing. Um, but then we're following that up with what, Oz? Uh, we're following it up with the Black Phone. That's right, a movie Ch- both of us love. Yes, and have seen multiple times. Uh, uh, this is based on a short story by Joe Hill, who is mm-hmm. Stephen King's son. Keeping um, it in the keep, family, keeping it right there in the King family. Uh, with with a, a kind of a more was that just like last year? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like I've watched it like three or four times already. You have. I, <laughs> <laughs> but it was last year. But yeah. um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that one uh, as well, because I think that's, there's a really great Ethan Hawke performance in there and, and it's just a really cool A lot movie. of great stuff yeah, in there. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, and then Austin, you're going to close out the month with what? We're finishing off with, it chapter it. one and chapter two speaking of bill Hader. the newer version yes 
Yes. Uh, the, don't the, get it confused not, with the TV not, not special. Not the uh, Tim Curry miniseries, though. I don't not recommend that. It is what it is. Just keep in mind, it was network TV in the early 90s. Not a lot of budget there, but I think they got a lot out for what they had. We we did kick around just doing just doing all, all it. it. Yeah, I maybe we'll revisit uh, that mini series at some point. Uh, I think it would be point. fun. Maybe uh, next year we'll watch the Shining mini series uh, oh. came out in the nineties <laughs> and the the It mini series. We could. We actually could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this year I I'm I'm happy to be watching uh, both uh, Danny Torrance movies and both. It movies uh, with the garnish that is Joe Hill's uh, black phone right in the middle. I think I think we're gonna have a lot of fun this month. I, I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm I'm a little nervous about uh, Doctor Sleep just because I haven't. That, that's the only one out of this lineup that I haven't seen. Oh before. yeah, you haven't seen. Uh, that. But uh, yeah, I've I've got a lot of thoughts on The Shining, and uh, I do as well. Maybe they're not as enthusiastic as yours, Dad. But uh, oh, I don't know. I, no, no. I I already I think I know the angle I'm going to talk about it, and it's going to be a lot of my personal relationship to The Shining. I don't expect you to have the same uh, love for that movie that I do, but I'm going to explain uh, some of why I feel the way I do about The Shining. Okay. Um. So interesting. I that that's mostly what I'm nervous some about. Some forbidden is, is, Dad is, is, is lore. Talking about uh, my. My personal, um, uh, my personal relationship to this. Well, movie. when I was house sitting and went <laughs> mad, <laughs> the first, uh, oddly enough, the first time I watched The Shining, I was house sitting for somebody. Ooh, Ooh. is it uh, snowing outside? No, it was a manufactured home in Jacksonville, North Carolina. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> well, all right then. <laughs> much, much different. Um. Anyway, uh. I am really looking forward to this. I look forward to our our Halloween movies every year because I mean Halloween's just, the best it's, time. It of is year. kind of the best movie time, you know. Like you, you, they're they're the best themed movies. The the scary movies are on TV. We seek them out. We're in the mood for them yeah. uh, on and off the show. I watch a ton of horror movies throughout uh, October, and usually I'm not done, so I keep watching them into November. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I'm really looking forward to it this year. Uh, let's move uh, uh, into how people can get a hold of us. Yes, uh, we have an email where people can get a hold of us. It's austinandphil at gmail.com. Uh, and you can email us there and tell us your thoughts on this movie or recommend a better um, pro... I'm forgetting words here. Uh, uh, pacifism pro movie. Pacifist, pro peace, or, or a war that is actually a war movie that's actually anti-war. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, 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 and and, and uh, believe it or not, I think most acclaimed war movies are actually anti-war, regardless of how they depict um, uh, their the their battle scenes. I think, um, I think I think it takes a hard a hard stance to balance that. And uh, uh, regardless of what we saw here, it, it can be done. So please, if you can, if you think of any, I, I know like Apocalypse Now is, doesn't seem like it, but it is an anti-war movie. Uh, um, uh, Saving Private Ryan. 
uh, shout out your anti-war war movies. I, I, we can make a list. We can keep a list running. I'll put it on my letterboxd account. And next time I think I might pick a Mel Gibson movie, I will pick from that list instead <laughs> and save us all some time. Braveheart. Great war movie. Fair enough. That is. Uh, yep. Yeah. And uh, apologies if anybody hears a crying baby. Uh, we have a, a third voice on the mic right That's now. Right. I don't know if the mic's picking it up, but... Um, Leo does not like war movies. Leo hated this movie. Famously anti-war, that kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, huge pacifist. A lot of respect to him. That's right. It's Peace Corps baby. Four weeks old, and he's battling <laughs> he's, sleep at every waking moment. taking a hard stance. <laughs> um... Uh, in addition to email, you can, uh, check us out on Letterboxd. We have separate accounts. Austin N. Rude is Austin's account, and I'm at Phil Rude. We both keep lists of what we're watching, keep lists of, uh, what we're watching for the show. They're all there. Yeah. Check us out. There are also reviews on Letterboxd of this movie. Yes, there are. Uh, have you found any good ones? I have. Uh... Let me get the username here. Uh, Senija, that's K-S-E-N-I-J-A, uh, gave this movie two and a half stars and says, Did you know that if you slow down the audio from this film, you discover that all the machine gun noises are just Mel Gibson screaming racial slurs at the Japanese extras? <laughs> <laughs> I love movie fun facts like <laughs> it, that. It really is great to get some trivia about this movie. <laughs> my uh, review that I found, my favorite review, was also two and a half stars from a user named uh, Madeline with a little pumpkin emoji. Um, and she says, when Desmond hit his brother with a brick, it was like <laughs> Mel Gibson hitting me with symbolism. I saved that one as well, <laughs> So I thought it perfectly displayed yes. this movie. Do you have any others? Uh, I I sifted through a bunch, but that was that was the one I I uh, landed on. I had a couple here that I also wanted to share. Uh, one is from Alor A L O R, who gave this movie four stars and says these stars are for Andrew Garfield and Andrew Garfield only. No one else <laughs> could have them. No one else. This was he was the sole bright spot in this movie, and then. Uh, Someone called The Greek Geek also gave this movie four stars and says, It begrudges me to say Mel Gibson is a great director, despite being as subtle as a sledgehammer, and I will agree with most of that. I think, as I said before, I think he's a very capable filmmaker. This movie does not display that. I think technically it's not I, terrible. I think but... there are some technical, like I said, I, th I think there he did some things uh, very capably. And then some things, uh, not so much. Losing the thread there. Anyway, uh, check out Letterboxd for more. Uh, we're not sponsored by them, by the way. We just enjoy their product. We just like them. I just, I, I like that app. Um, and uh, <laughs> The new Twitter, Letterboxd. Uh, kind of. Uh, uh, for movie stuff, I think it's far yeah. better than film Twitter. Um, but yeah, check it out and check us out on there. Austin, do you want to read the credits? Uh, yeah, uh, we did it all ourselves. There you have it. We'll see you next time on The Picture Show. See ya.